Hey, Peter Howard here on the Dynasty Crossroads Show. Don't let them know. Keep it quiet. But I've infiltrated the nerd base. Come check out the show. I'll tell you how to beat them. Thanks. Yeah. Chicken, chicken or crow, crow. Chicken or crow. Crossing hey, Peter Howard here from the Dynasty Crossroads Show. Do you find yourself thinking about nerds? Do you want to beat nerds all the time? Do you sometimes? I know. Whatever Dynasty Outhouse would say. Listen to the Dynasty Crossroads. I hope you beat the nerds. Let's go. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the... From DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts, it's me, it's me, it's that old SFD Rome in the streets of Superflex City, and this is the Superflex Super Show! Just a little bit extra, just a little bit extra for my extra special guest, stuff we all get. Swagzilla Zero G is here, and he always likes it when I uh, when I do that intro, so... Uh, Hell yes. <laughs> Merry Super Flexmas. I, yes. I couldn't think of a better place to be, man. This uh, completes my holiday week. So Hell super yeah, stoked man. to be here with you, John. Like, appreciate you much. Milestone episode number 200. Although, I mean, I've done way more than 200. Oh, this but... is 200. Yeah, yeah. Goodness this sakes. is Congratulations. Holy cow. Thanks, man. It's Thanks been for... sitting there in the corner the whole time we've been chatting and... I kind of even looked at it, but been ignorant, dude. That this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, there's. Thank you. Yeah, there's there's a lot going on, and and here's the thing. Like, I felt like uh, I needed to do something special for episode 200 at the episode coming out right before Christmas. Plus, like the last couple weeks, I've been talking a lot about you know, kind of getting into the off-season prep, stuff like that. And I was like, man, you know, maybe I'm kind of abandoning the people who are still playing for championships. And, and most of us have so many leagues that, like, you had some some leagues where you were done, you know, a month or so ago, <laughs> maybe even before mm -hmm. that. But you you probably still have some leagues where you're still alive and you're still trying to navigate this. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe we should talk a little bit about in season. And then week 15 happens. <laughs> and it's just like, what the hell? Like, what do we analyze there? That was like, the, that was the worst weekend of football that I've ever seen. It's a crazy season, man. And you've got everybody on their edge. So, I mean, it's almost like it's interesting because you mentioned the contenders but in those 12 team formats, I mean, we've got eight teams out of contention. Yeah. And if you have a trade deadline or if you don't, should I say, if you can still trade in your league, which in my opinion is the way it should be, you have four teams on the edge of their seats, like never before through this season. And yeah. you could really take advantage of that and find some players that maybe you're not comfortable with. Maybe you fell upon throughout the waiver wire process some under overachievers that you could get to those contenders maybe they lost kelsey or somebody like that you mentioned derrick henry when we were talking before we hit record but think about how much kelsey has helped some of these teams get to where they are now and now they're concerned that they might not have them 
and they might end up having them. But today they're on the edge of their seats worrying about that tight end that helped get them there. And you might have a tight end that, you know, you could kind of go help them with and help your your future, but maybe more than they're going to help their contention, quite honestly. So that's a different approach that, like, I've been trying to take because, believe it or not, I've got a couple teams out of contention. Yeah, <laughs> I don't I don't believe that. <laughs> Dude, my, my, my personal success rate is as low as it's ever been. And, and I, this actually, yeah. So just, just real quick, I, my intentions were good. My intentions were pure. I wanted to talk in season for you and, and help you out, but I don't know what to tell you. Like you're just kind of holding on for dear life at this point, because, you know, COVID is certainly, you know, that's that's certainly kind of a, a, a burr in our saddles, I guess. <laughs> it's certainly a problem, but uh, that, like you can't even blame COVID for that. That was just, that was awful football. Like I'm talking about the players who actually played, the teams that were actually on the field. It was just, it was awful. Yeah. And I mean, the, the week before wasn't great, but this was just just like all time levels. Like literally, I, I saw somewhere it was like the least touchdown scored since 1985 or something wow, like that really? in, in an NFL weekend. Yeah. I with know that with all 32 teams playing, it was it was it was like it was an all time low for points scored. It was crazy. So. Like I like I don't know what to tell you as far as that goes, and and week sixteen is shaping up to be the exact same thing. We're going to deal with more COVID, and you know even the guys who are on the field. I you know if you can't trust your studs, and you can't trust good strong process, I mean what do you do? You just kind of you just kind of hope. Like I always like to say that fantasy football is mostly skill. There's some, there is some luck involved, but at this point, I mean, guessing who is going to play like shit and who's not, it really is kind of luck at this right. point. There was no reason to believe that every single player in the league, other than Travis Kelsey and Tyler Huntley, were yeah. going to be awful. There well, was, and, 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 and mean, Cooper Cup, Davis Mills, and Jared Goff in the top 10 quarterbacks last couple weeks here. And now even Jared Goff's on the COVID list. Yeah. So even if you thought you were going that direction and what, what do you do? And then that it ends up really hurting too. Cause what I spoke of is trying to get rid of those players like maybe Jared Goff and it eliminates your opportunity to trade Jared Goff to a contender. Cause all of a sudden that team that needs a quarterback's like, yeah, I don't know if I can take on the quarterback. I don't want that's also just hit the COVID list. Yeah. And that's such a rough part about it this year for me and how active I like to try to be even like, um, uh, what's the, our super flex, um, league we're all in. Yeah, the Superflex Army. Yeah, the Superflex yeah. Army. Like, I have Baker Mayfield. I was waiting for this time because I knew my team wasn't going to be in contention to make sure that I got rid of Baker Mayfield. 
But there, it's been a nightmare. He's <laughs> been on COVID and injured, and there has been no. It kind of sucks, window. anyways. Like he's yeah, and that's been, just it too. He's been trash. Exactly, he does. I, I, but all of this stuff too. We we need to talk about it. We need to put it in perspective because so like put this in perspective. Yeah. Baker Mayfield or Jared Goff? I mean, well, uh, I. I think at this point, um, I I think I'm going Jared Goff. I, yeah. And 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 this is this is ultimately what I want to talk about with you. So, like I said, I want to I want to just preface this whole thing. I had every intention of talking in season stuff. I just don't know what to tell you at this point. Like doing any kind of research, any kind of rankings, it's just it it does absolutely no good. Like these guys have to actually go out and do like something anything for for it to matter yeah like it you know so so to me i'm just kind of back to off-season mode i'm back to looking forward to the 2022 off-season i'm back to looking at the draft class i'm look i'm back to looking at you know startups and um prep and strategy and and uh roster builds and and you know, how, just how do I want to approach this off season? Because maybe I'll win some fantasy championships. I'm sure I probably will. I mean, I've, I've got enough bites at the apple here that I'll probably take down a couple. Hopefully all my, all of our super friends get some too. I just don't know. I, I just really don't know, you know, what there is that we can say uh, in order to, to help with that endeavor. It's just kind of, I, you know, roll with the guys that you got kind of like some people have been waiting to say, go get Ronald Jones all year long. (laughs) I know, but it's pretty bad when that's when it comes to, and you're wondering like, man, maybe he does have one week. Maybe this is the week I can finally start Ronald Jones with no Leonard Fournette. I know. Which is, which is crazier. The fact that like that Ronald Jones is, is the hot commodity. Or the fact that a lot of dynasty rosters just got crippled by Leonard Fournette going out. Like both of those are pretty crazy statements. Yeah. So yeah. I and I'm not just... even gonna touch that one. I, I can't answer that. <laughs> that. Yeah, absolutely. Because he was you having got a vindicated. pretty decent season. Yeah. You got vindicated a little bit with that one because we made it in that Superflex Army League, we made a trade. I got Leonard Fournette from you. Uh, for what felt super cheap, um, he helped me get the the number two overall seed in the first round by, and now I have no idea what the hell's going to happen well, from that here. That was collusion, though. I did that just so I could come on the show tonight. Nice. <laughs> That's playing the long game right there. <laughs> no, but that was definitely... Um, we've talked about that one. I don't know if I regret that one or not. You accepted it super quick. I think it was a 2022 or 2023 third. I forget. And early yeah. on in that season, I didn't like my team in that league. And in that moment, didn't feel like I could ask anybody for a second. And just was kind of like, I need to be done with this situation before it gets worse. And I didn't think it was going to get so much better and kind of last as long as it did. But yeah, that's definitely, I think I've got out of most of my Leonard Fournette, but that is definitely the cheapest share. Since then, I told you about that one. I got like DJ Shark in a second for my Leonard Fournette. Um, 
But and now that team though, like he, are you still in it in Superflex Army? Yeah, yeah. So nice. we had a first round buy. Luckily, I have a. That's one of one of the leagues where I have a co owner. In uh, every league where I have a co owner, we uh, or co manager, whatever, uh, we uh, made it to the second round. And in most cases, it was with a first round buy. So, nice. like, that nice. that tells you how much I've struggled. Like, I have to have adult supervision in order to. Or you're <laughs> carrying everybody. One yeah, or the other. I mean, it might, you might be. <laughs> I that's that's what I should be saying here <laughs> on the record publicly. That's that should be the official position, but. I, what but it I really know, means, I know unarguably, is that you're more of a pain in the ass to trade with in all of those leagues. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Like, hold on, yeah. I have to talk to this guy. Like, wait, wait, <laughs> I just want to talk to you. <laughs> I know. I've also I've really struggled with setting lineups this year, and I'm not sure. I mean, that's that's something that. You know, once we get to the off season, that's something to look back on and try and figure out like what what was the flaw in the process? What was the fly in the ointment there? That was because those those teams that are doing well, where I've got a co manager. I mean, we've got we all three of them. Uh, there's more than that, but anyways, um, the three that immediately come to mind, they all have. You know, we have a very similar process, which is. You know, I handle waivers and and trades. I handle the the actual roster management, and they set the lineups. And it works really well for us. I I give them good players to choose from uh, to set the lineup, and then they get the lineup right. And it's you know it's been working great. But I do need to figure out why I can't set my own lineups. Why I have to have somebody do it for me. I mean, um, <laughs> setting lineups has been a pain in the ass the last couple of seasons, quite honestly. And even like yeah. we were talking about, like with content in season versus out of season. I mean, you start you start going through your teams and setting all those lineups, and then the next day you get you get like all these updates, just like that podcast you just released. And now <laughs> it's all wrong because of all these COVID updates. And you're like, Oh my gosh, I just went in and put him in all of my lineups, like literally now. So you're almost like frustrated by this tedious thing that you have to go back and do, especially if you have a lot of shares of said player, like Deandre Swift or something like that. And you're yeah. suddenly just like, Oh my gosh, like, and I think it makes it there's this sense of urgency to get it all done that sometimes just makes it harder to make the right decisions just because you almost want to get it done. Speaking for myself. Yeah. In in there there have been some very some unique circumstances. Like it, Tyler Lockett is a guy that I have, you know, quite a bit of exposure to. Uh, across my leagues and it, i mean it, it was i think it was about an hour maybe two hours something like that before the game on tuesday night when they finally ruled him out completely and said yeah he he failed to uh test negatively yeah. for covid so he's gonna sit out this game and so all of a sudden you know here i am especially in my leagues where you know i was i was losing because you know, nobody played any offense this week. And so I was in 
some kind of bad situations. And it was like, so, you know, Tyler Lockett is the type of guy with the upside that I need to make a comeback here. So I'm leaving him in my lineup until I know for sure that he's out because I'd really like to, you know, I, 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 I could pivot to somebody, you know, on, on, you know, in the Monday night game or, or, you know, Sunday yeah. night game, like I could have pivoted to, I don't know, Brashad Perriman, you know, something like that. But it felt like Tyler Lockett is worth waiting for. He's got the, the type of upside that I'm going to need to mount a comeback here. So I waited on him and then he's, he's out. And then all of a sudden, I mean, now I've got to scramble. I've got to go to waivers and get, you know, freaking D Eskridge or Penny Hart. And, and now you have an IR <laughs> violation because it's Tuesday. So you can't even pick anybody up and it's locked. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a pain in the ass season, man. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's one, I mean, one of the things that I always feel like in fantasy football um, kind of regardless of the format, but certainly in dynasty is that bench bench spots sometimes have pretty significant value. Just like having an empty bench spot. Sometimes that's, that's better than actually filling it with a player with any amount of upside. Like sometimes I like to just have that empty spot on my roster just so just for a situation like that where I can run to waivers and pick somebody up for the Monday night game or in this case, Tuesday night game. Yeah. I actually love that. And that's something I've never really thought of quite like that in dynasty. I'm more of the person that likes, I'm like, Oh, I have an empty spot. I'm going to go pick up somebody just in case, you know, whether it's a (laughs) random quarterback or running back, just in case something happens throughout the weekend. But yeah, um, usually nothing happens. That, yeah, that makes those worth those moves worthwhile. Whereas you're waiting just in case you need it, and um, that's the smart play there. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'm, you know, Jalen Richard was a guy who I was trying to pick up in a lot of leagues, and because um, I thought, you know, there's a chance here that with Kenyon Drake out, Jalen Richard becomes the the primary pass catching back for the Raiders, whatever that's worth, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. And, and I, you know, I tried that for a week, but then it was like, all right, it, this doesn't seem like this is going anywhere. I'd rather have that empty bench spot. I'd rather have that flexibility. So, um, yeah, just kind of a, a little yeah, strategy like nugget, I suppose. So we did, we did give you something in season. So <laughs> <laughs> now we can feel good about the fact that we're going to move on to back to off season prep, off season talk. And here's the thing, and and you know, I, I think this all kind of comes together because, you know, after a weekend like we just had, it's really easy to to kind of look around and and feel like, man, there are no quarterbacks who are gonna like your your Lions just dominated Kyler Murray. Here I am trying to do a, a rankings overhaul, by the way. Kyler Murray at quarterback two overall for me. And it's getting hard to to justify that. It's getting hard to actually publish that after, I mean, he's had five games this season, not counting the three that he missed. He's had five games where he had fewer than two touchdowns scored, like total touches, not just mm-hmm. passing, total. And, you know, it, it's, it, it's getting hard to call him, you know, the... Uh, the one of the elite guys 
when he's got that, you know, kind of hanging over his head. But like, that's just one example of many at the quarterback position. It's starting to feel, and, and that's still one of the guys that you trust. He still belongs in that tier. We all agree there, you know, but it's, that's, that's one of the guys that you actually trust. And mm-hmm. it's still, he's still kind of underperforming. You get down the list a little bit and, you know, we know that he's going to keep his job. We know Josh Allen's going to keep his job. We know Lamar Jackson's going to keep his job, you know, guys like that. Like, and that's kind of all we're looking for is job security because yeah. we know that quarterbacks still give you a, a, a really high floor relative to the other positions and a significantly higher ceiling than any other position. We know that. But, you know, when you start looking for guys with that job security, it starts to feel like, man, there's, there's a universe of about 20 players. Mm-hmm. You know, who are who are going to be safe starters next year. And, you you know, you brought up Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is somebody that people feel pretty safe about. I don't know that they should. People right. are feeling like Jared Goff probably is kind of one and done in Detroit. Maybe that's the case. But either way, to me, he's going to be a starter going forward somewhere. Mm-hmm. He should he should probably be the starter in Detroit. <laughs> I think like, he gets another season. Yeah. Okay. Who knows? But yeah, I think he gets another season. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you kind of look around the league and and you feel like, you know, who's the starter in Carolina going forward? Um, who's the starter in Denver going forward? Yeah. What's gonna happen when Ben Roethlisberger retires? And, you know, who's gonna be the starter in Green Bay when Aaron Rodgers forces a trade. Who's going to be the starter in Seattle when Russell Wilson forces a trade? Is Zach Wilson the answer? Yeah, Zach Wilson. Can Zach Wilson beat out Mike White? Is he even going to get it? Get the opportunity to? Or I mean, conversely, is Mike White going to get the opportunity to compete? Washington. Yeah, Washington. Who's the starter there? Is it? Is do they feel good enough about Taylor Hennigke? God, Jalen Hurts for some reason doesn't even have job security, at least if you ask fantasy Twitter. And so, you know, Texans, is it going to be Davis Mills or Tyrod Taylor next year? Do they go a different direction? Yeah. Yeah. And even, you know, Deshaun Watson, there's, that's still kind of out there. And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it sure seems like Miami is pretty in on him. We're both, we're both Tua guys. And and, Tua has played lights out. Lately. He's yeah. I I don't know why they would bother going any other direction, but like you know, there's there's still a non-zero chance that they go get Deshaun Watson, and then what does that mean for Tua? Like, does he become Deshaun Watson's backup, or is he part of that trade? So you know, there's there are all these moving parts at the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. It makes it feel like all right. So there's a there's probably about twenty guys who have locked down, you know, rock solid jobs. What the hell happens with the other 12? And so we're running DLF Superflex ADP mocks right now. And we're seeing quarterbacks slip because people are feeling like, you know, you early on you get the guys with the with the job security and then beyond that they all feel like kind of dart throws. None of it feels all that safe. 
And the reality is we'll probably have two or three rookies come in and take starting jobs. Mm-hmm. Even if, at least given a chance. Yeah. And this is going to be a weak class, but they'll still probably there'll, there'll be a couple of them. They'll come out and, and get jobs. Um, that still leaves 10, <laughs> 10 spots that right. need to be filled what, and that are going to get filled. Daniel Jones. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one to, to talk about. And, you know, there, there are a bunch of these, but like, to me, what I think people could really use is a, just to, a, just to put this in perspective a little bit and make it feel like, feel a little bit better uh, with some of these more marginal quarterbacks like Jared Goff. You know, I think that's a that's a great one to kind of start with. I also feel this way about running backs, by the way, for very different reasons. But I think that people are looking at the running back landscape and feeling like it's just absolutely depleted right now. And and it feels like the position, the one position that was really pretty safe was wide receivers. And so you know, kind of the takeaway should be, yeah, let's just draft a bunch of wide receivers because they're they're going to be safe for us. You know, we we know what we're getting when we draft a wide receiver. The problem is, to me, that there, you know, that that roster build is just is is doomed. You know, <laughs> you just draft a bunch of wide receivers. Like you have no way of trading into some running backs or quarterbacks. You have no real way of getting wide receiver, you know, seven or eight into your lineup because wide receiver one and two, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. You know, so there's no reason to do it. There's no reason to have wide receiver depth, but people are just kind of looking around at least in these mock drafts. And I think it's going to go this way in startups as well. Um, When startups, you know, start rolling here in the next, you know, month or so. I think that a lot of people are gonna are gonna look at it and say, "Man, I don't feel good making a pick other than a wide receiver here." And but they're gonna end up with way too many wide receivers. I, I think you're right, especially <laughs> early on. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna pay off. Yeah, people don't understand that wide receivers just don't matter. But yeah, yeah, not <laughs> they don't they don't yeah, especially like you put one up against another one and it's like, like what is, what is the difference? Yeah. Yeah. The wide receivers overall, it was a, it was a great season for wide receivers. Yeah. But you look Which, at the top 20 wide receivers right now through the, the season and yeah. it's not what any of us expected. Yeah. It, you know what I mean? Like you could have started Amon Ross St. Brown last week and Josh Reynolds and, and felt pretty good starting those guys i know it's not a weekly thing and you didn't have confidence going into the week but mm-hmm. you know like it, week before you could have started josh palmer and i think he was wide receiver six or something that might have been a monra but i mean you look at that landscape and the wide receivers it just hasn't been what we expected i mean you even look at dk metcalf you talked about tuesday night lockett being out well it kind of felt like dk was too even with lockett out it's been a rough season yeah yeah that whole offense is just is just kind of falling apart and but like 
you know, Lockett still has been a really pretty, uh, pretty mm-hmm. solid player. You know, when he's available, he's he's really been pretty solid. Like to a point where, you know, here we are talking about like Jalen Waddle being, you know, potentially a top five type dynasty asset, and and I believe that. I think that he's got that upside to be a top five dynasty wide receiver by the end of next season. You know, if he's if he stays on this trajectory, I think he gets there. Yeah. But what is the difference between Jalen Waddle and Tyler Lockett? You know, when both are available, when both are healthy. Like in and, and you know, the quarterback situation is gonna be somewhat meaningful. I, I don't think that it's nearly as important as people think, but you know, they're that that does bump Tyler Lockett down a little bit, but like, is there? I guess the point being, like, is there really any reason to trade Tyler Lockett plus whatever it takes to get Jalen Waddle? I mean, like, outside of the age thing, you know, probably not really. Yeah, Waddle's a weak weak point for me though because I really like him. He might be my favorite rookie wide receiver. I'm not saying he's my highest rank rookie wide receiver from this class, but I really have been enjoying Waddle in those targets. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you, you know, we could, we can like, we can bump both of those up a little bit even and say, and now I'm, now I'm going to stroke uh, uh, Deontay Johnson. What's, what would be the reason to trade Deontay Johnson plus anything for sure. Jamar Chase? Yeah. Or Waddle. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or Waddle. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, because I mean, Jamar Chase is going to cost more. Yeah. And it sounds like you don't like him as much as Jalen Waddle. So it makes it that much uh, easier for still me. still probably the, the wide receiver one of the class. But yeah, I, I love it. this move. I, no, I, I love this yeah. move, though. Like, give me Deontay Johnson and it, it, people will hate this, but almost anything on top of it. Because I think weekly, like, the weekly average isn't going to be as far apart as people want to perceive it the the Jamar Chase side is going to head over heels like win value side for some years because of what we're going to give that side but right. i mean if you could like get a first with that which i don't know you might be able to with Jamar Chase actually but if you could get a first with Deontay Johnson even if you don't end up using that first i'm all in like and i would probably do it for less i i don't like suggest that that's the way everybody goes into it but me managing my teams i might do it for less honestly you know yeah well and here's the other problem and and you know kind of it kind of plays right into this whole thing is the fact that now on top of the fact that wide receivers are overinflated because they're the ones it, it was a wide receiver season you know that bottom line this was a wide receiver season. It was not a good season for quarterbacks and running backs. No season is ever good for tight ends. But, you know, this one was particularly bad because even Travis Kelsey wasn't <laughs> as, yeah. as solid as he usually is. So, you know, we we had this, this wide receiver season. Now it, everybody's feeling the best about wide receivers, but they're still the easiest to acquire. They're still yeah. all over the place. And now we have a rookie class coming in that's going to be it's going to be a wide receiver draft class too, mm-hmm. and so those those rookie picks aren't going to go as far anymore. 
because you're not going to be able to use those to fix your running backs, fix your quarterbacks, at least, you know, not without a super high pick. I mean, you could always trade for vets. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think you have to, but you know, in, in the case of, of, you know, trying to package a wide receiver with a rookie pick to get anywhere. I mean, like all you're really going to be able to do is get another wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Cause there's kind of no point in taking on but like there's, there's in, and, and this is why both of us agree that, you know, I'd rather have, you know, Deontay Johnson. Uh, I I'd rather take the Deontay Johnson side, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, there's kind of no reason to make that move on, on either side, you know, like right. that rookie pick is just, it's just going to give you another wide receiver that like, and again, we just, we don't need that wide receiver depth, but we if, don't need but if Deontay just... Johnson's just getting you a couple points less. And then you turn that yeah. pick into maybe even a lucky draft pick or somebody else, you know, I mean, if you can get Leonard Fournette for a third and help make you to the playoffs, you can, you can do some damage with the first every now and then. Yeah. So, but yeah. So the, but the point being like, somehow you've got to be able to use the, the value that you have, the capital that you have to get some running backs and some quarterbacks instead of just kind of moving laterally within the wide receiver position and adding more wide receivers. Mm -hmm. And this draft class is not going to offer that, which is going to devalue those rookie picks. And what if, what about like, let's say you're out of contention and Mm -hmm. I actually, I'm in contention. How much like you're going to give me Cooper cup, I'm going to give you Cortland Sutton. How much extra do you need back with Cortland Sutton? Right now, quite a bit. <laughs> he's got that um, contract. Yeah, he's, he's, got, he's think, got the new contract. He's getting a, a new better quarterback. future ahead. Although I'm, I'm not sure about that. I have to be honest. I, and oh, man. Part I'm of it is just... everybody right here. I don't uh, even want to hear what you're about to say. I know. Well, in, in a big part of it is you know, jaded Broncos fan here. Who's just, I I've, I've been down this road with this team way too many times. There was way too much of, um, you know, like you need to get Tim Tebow out there. You you need to see what you've got with Tim Tebow. You need to get Tim Tebow out there, even though like everybody knew, I mean, everybody beyond the fan base and certain members of the media knew that, Kyle Orton was the better quarterback than Tim Tebow. He just was. Um, but, and, you know, Tim Tebow found ways to win games, and so there was a little bit of merit to that one. But then we went down that same road with Paxton Lynch. It was, it was you know, get Trevor Simeon out of there, get the first-round pick, Paxton Lynch out there. And it's like it, it, the, the, the problem is Paxton Lynch is not good, and we know that. Like – why are we wasting time proving it? And now we're there with Drew Locke too. And there's there are a lot of calls for him to be not only the starter for the rest of this season, but you know to get that commitment to be the starter in 2022. We're already hearing it, and it just it infuriates me, man. Like somehow 
you got to raise the standards for what your quarterback is. If you're going to build this type of roster and you're going to pay that amount of money to, you know, not just Sutton, but Tim Patrick too. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, you, and then surround them with the type of weapons that you have. You have to, you, you have to say, all right, you know, experimenting at quarterback is not something we can do. Maybe Drew Locke is capable of being an NFL starter somewhere. I promise you he's not a Super Bowl champion. Never right. will be. He's never going to lead a team to a championship. But maybe he's, he can be a serviceable starter somewhere. It can't be on this roster, though. You have to say, all right, we've invested way too much into this roster to be okay with you know, an experiment like Drew Locke and, and waiting on Drew Locke. So... Anyways, I, I digress. This is just a, a big sore spot for me. It drives me nuts, man. This time of year, every single year, it's whoever it is, whether it's Paxton Lynch, Tim Tebow, or now Drew Locke, it's, it's all right, next year needs to be Drew Locke. It needs to be Drew Locke at quarterback. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. <laughs> Drew Locke needs to be on a different team entirely. So do you want him to be showcased the rest of the season at all? Sure. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Let him put out some good tape so that maybe somebody else will take a shot on him. And maybe there's a roster out there that makes some sense for him. You know, maybe there's a a young team, a young offense that can grow with him. And maybe there's an offensive coordinator out there who can kind of develop him. But it's not... It, I'll it offer doesn't... you a 2023 first and Cortland Sutton for your Cooper Cup. Yeah, I think that's a little light, honestly. You finished 11th, dude. You're wasting Cooper <laughs> Cup's talent. I'm going to be that guy in your trade box right now telling you why you need to make a deal. Finished that's 11th. only going to make me less likely to do right, it. Right, dude? But... Don't you hate that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pet peeve, big time. <laughs> but, like, but... I was yeah, looking at I your mean... team, though, and you're really, you're really, like, neglected the wide receiver one in the draft. <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> you don't really need the players I want anyway. <laughs> yeah. So am I am I talking to random fantasy league douchebag or am I actually talking to swags right now? Because this is like I would never do this. <laughs> yeah. I, I try so especially, hard like to especially not even with... tell you how I feel about players within a trade. Like if somebody yeah. really asks, I'll be pretty honest and be like, uh, actually don't like him or really trying to buy him everywhere. And that's probably my weakness is if you ask, I'll be totally honest with you about how I feel about the trade and the players. But um, no, I would never, I hate the car salesman approach to trades. Yeah. Yeah, I did too. But I also, the other problem is with you specifically, it wouldn't work because you and I are in such agreement of the fact that you can rebuild a team within an off season, mm-hmm. like pretty easily to a point yeah. where, yeah, like right at this moment, Cooper cup is wasted on my, you know, second, <laughs> second worst team in the league. But by, you know, by September of next year, I'm going to have a team around him that actually supports him, you know? So, um, so that's, that would be, my argument to you um 
Which is why, yeah, you wouldn't even make that and argument. And Cooper Cup just tore an MCL. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Career-ending injury. Oh, man, I shouldn't even joke about that. Like, <laughs> no, that cool. <laughs> that's messed up. I also, I'll be honest, though. I, and here's, here's, I might actually consider that trade, come to think of it. Um, I, I think that I should be able to get more for Cooper Cup. I will say that, especially from that contender that's on the edge of their seat. Yeah, yeah. Like in in I said this um, on uh, episode. I mean, it was a long time ago now with with Jordan McNamara. But the the rebuilding team is the one with all the leverage because you don't have to trade away Cooper Cup. You're fine with taking Cooper Cup into the offseason. Mm-hmm. He's not actually wasted on your roster. Um. The, the contender needs him. Like, he's a league winner this year. And when you get a guy who's having the type of season that he's having, or like Michael Thomas had a couple of years ago, like DeAndre Hopkins had fairly recently, you know, when you get those guys, uh, you know, Stephon Diggs last year, when you get those guys who are on the type of run that Cooper Cup is on, like, y- you need them on your roster. Like, that's it. It's almost a, a, just like a, a, a silver bullet to yeah. win a championship when you can get a guy like that. So contender needs him. Yeah. The rebuild, it, it it's fine either way. So it, you've got leverage. The contender is essentially like taking out a loan that they might be paying off when it's, it's not even helping them or they're not even using it anymore. <laughs> like, but mm-hmm. potentially they're almost like, there's a little bit of interest on top of that this time of season, whether you like it or not. Otherwise, yeah. like you said, what's the point of me trading you Cooper Cup right now? Because it doesn't matter if I make my team better or worse. Like we're we're done. You know what's there has to be some kind of incentive for me to make a move like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it, it, yeah, because he's not going to lose any value. I mean, maybe he, you know, that that major injury. That's the only way that, that happens. That was rude but... of me. <laughs> <laughs> way too much reality here. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, otherwise though, he's not going to lose any value. So, you know, so the rebuilding team has absolutely no incentive to give a discount on him. He, you know, you're, you're fine with him. You're fine without him either way, but the contender has to have him. Because, you know, if you don't, if you're in the semifinals and, you know, the worst team in the league, second worst team in the league has Cooper Cup, if you don't trade for him, somebody else will. And then they're yeah. going to use him to beat you. So, like, yeah. pay up to get that? Him. Like, you'll see somebody hit the trading block and you're like, oh, my God, I don't even need him or want him. But, like, Just I can't keep have him that away. other team get yeah. him. Like, what do you want? Yep. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, and, you know, and, and you don't feel bad about it because it, again, it's still like, you know, that's, that really kind of is a, a very hard, uh, a very hard weapon to defend against mm-hmm. when you, when you run into Cooper cup, yeah he bailed so many teams out. I don't know about you, but in my leagues, like Cooper cup brought a lot of teams back in week 15 um with his two touchdowns like he brought a lot of teams back from the brink 
they went from losing to just absolutely blowing out their opponent and moving on. Yeah. The you week know. pretty much started by you're getting your ass kicked by Kelsey and then it ends with Cooper Cup. Yeah, brought you all the way back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, you 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 really kind of need Cooper Cup if you can if he's available to you. Because it's going to be really hard to win a championship without him, especially when he's in play, when he's on a a, a team yeah. in the playoffs. Yep. So, and if you do have Cooper Cup and you're out of contention, and this moving him sounds at all interesting to you, just remember next week you have two less teams to work with. So I would, I just every week we go into we have less teams that are interested in some of our trades and then we're into the prime, the prime time that John's been kind of trying to get us to talk a little bit more about rather than the in season. But then you can make all kinds of different moves. Cause we're all, we're, we're all back in contention as soon as the season ends. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you can, you can, but here's the thing about Cooper cup though, that people miss. So I I've, you and I have talked a lot about this off air, just the patterns that are all around us in, in, I mean, it's in all games, you mm-hmm. know, like I always think about Mike Tyson's punch out, like the, the, it's, it's not a boxing game actually. Like, it's just a, pu- it's a puzzle, you know, and you're just looking for the pattern. All right. So like his eye, he's going to blink his eyes and then he's going to throw two uppercuts and then I can hit him in the stomach and then Violence blast him with it. a little bit more fun. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> yeah, but they're all over the place and this is a game and there's patterns to this game too here. And, and I mean, one of the patterns is that people are going to look at the 2021 season and see how safe wide receivers generally were. And they're going to load up on wide receivers. And then 2022 is going to be a running back season. And all your wide receiver depth is going to do you no good because, you know, the team that had the running back depth and had all those running backs hit is just going to steamroll you. You know, like that's going to happen. See, But those are the teams that did the best for me is the teams that I was very secure at running back. And I could just yeah. one man went down and I just put another one back in. I wasn't even because I had them handcuffed. It was just because. Nick Chubb was hurt and I I pushed in James Robinson. It might not have seemed as sexy in some of those weeks, but I had something like I could just keep pushing in, you know, until it turned into Javante Williams. And, um, man, I, I, I don't know, man. I love taking my running backs after in super flex. Yeah. After quarterbacks, like I, I just want quarterbacks and running backs all day. And those are the teams that I felt a little bit better about. Yeah. Or when, once you're out of contention, you have ammo to be able to trade away too, because everybody needs running backs this year. Yeah, and and I hope, I I think that you and I both are going to spend this off season, you know, preaching this, and 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 I hope that people are able to, you know, just kind of just kind of forget about you know some selective amnesia when it comes to 2021. Because that 2021 is not going to repeat itself in 2022. So, you know, if you're going to compete, which, you know, <laughs> there's there's a whole other whole other discussion on whether or not you should try and compete in 2022, believe it or not. <laughs> but, but, you know, if you're going to do it, 
you're going to need running backs. It's not going to be a wide receiver driven season the way 2021 was. So, you know, are people going to have the discipline to, uh, to, you know, ignore the fact that they're safe wide receivers all the way through your startup and still focus on running backs, still focus on quarterbacks, still, you know, focus on the super flex flywheel and make sure that you're putting together a roster that has depth at the right positions to, to keep you moving forward, even though the wide receivers are going to feel way safer. And Cooper cup is another example of this, of this pattern, you know, because he's, he's going to end up being a top five wide receiver in dynasty startups and, and to people's credit, you know, they're still going to take Justin Jefferson ahead of him. They're still going to yeah. take Jamar Chase ahead of him, most likely. But Cooper Cup might fall off too next year. He will. Yeah, yeah. that's that's my thing. Like that's the that's the pattern to this whole thing mm-hmm. is when you have a wide receiver have a season like Cooper Cup is having, you know, enjoy it while it lasts because next season is going to be just it, it's going to be nothing like it. Yeah, it's not even. He's not even going to come close to returning the type of value because you're going to be buying him based on what he did in 2021. And he's never going to do that again. Yeah. You know, that's, that's just another one of those patterns. And, and, and that's kind of true at all positions, but like we've seen it just so obviously at wide receiver every single year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you brought up something else too. And I think, I mean, it could be a completely a whole other show. I might have to even steal this and talk to you about it and put it on super flexible. But the way this dynasty landscape has become, you can foreseeably rebuild a team quicker than ever because there are so many teams, like you said, that believe that it could be a positive thing to try to lose in 2022 going into 2023 (laughs) that like i mean the payout's still the same in 2022 guys and if you're gonna let me Mm -hmm. rebuild because six teams don't want a part of that there's still opportunities to do that like you can't just start all the rookies (laughs) from the 2023 class and assume that you're gonna magically rebuild all the crappy six teams in that have been trying to tank the last two years for 2023 aren't gonna instantly be better in 2024. <laughs> yeah. I, so I do have to say like, that was, that was part of the, the discussion. And I, I also talked about that with, with Kane fossil uh, a couple weeks ago, but you know, the idea that, that in 2022, this rookie class is going to be so bad and that the rookie class in 2023 is so much better that I really am willing to just kind of trade my 2022 picks for 2023 picks. And then I want to guide my teams. I want to like actively tank as much as my leagues will allow to get as, you know, the best shot I got. I can't, I can't, I can't hand it at those, at those 2023 picks. Um, and, you know, try and get to one one in 2023, try and get Bijan Robinson or, uh, uh, you know, the, the quarterbacks at the top of that class, but like there's, there is still that caveat, like somebody's got to win in 2022, right? you know, so like we can't have just everybody tanking in every single league, like, it, you know, like somebody's going to end up finishing 
and somebody's gonna end up going on and winning it. So, yeah. like, look if, how much generational talent Trevor Lawrence helped us this year, right? <laughs> you know, the, it, there's that for sure. But but yeah, I mean, e- like even even beyond that, even beyond the fact that 2023 probably isn't quite the mythological figure that we think it is right now. Oh, I think there's going to be good players in the class though. You know, I really sure. do. Sure. But, but I we'll probably I lose still beat some of the teams that sucked all of 2022. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and so, I mean, I guess uh, like I, if I've got a team that, I mean, if if I go into the 2022 offseason with a team that is already built to win, I'm not stripping that down. And if there is the opportunity to build up a team that was a kind of a borderline contender, like you're saying, I mean, you can do a, you, you know, you're going to be able to complete that, that rebuild even faster mm-hmm. when people are trying to tank all around you, you yeah. know, so, there are definitely a teams where I've already kind of started that competitive struggle just because I can sort of see where I'm at and don't even feel like I'll be good next year. So yeah. I've already started to move some of those parts to make it a little bit worse and just to even experiment with that. Um, I don't feel like I've ever purposely done a competitive struggle, but I have a couple leagues that I'm sort of trying to do it in just to even be able to talk about it from my perspective too. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a few of them that I'm for sure tanking hard. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, the ones that I where I got a first round buy, it's just like I would have to give up way too much value to strip that down and turn it into a, you know, a a tank job, productive struggle. And from, you know, in 2022, like J Mike having all the 2020. Oh, God. Yeah. All the 2020. Was it 2021 (laughs) or 2020? It was 2021. Yeah. This year. I think he, in a uh, trade addict six, I think he has just done it every year. <laughs> like <laughs> he has somehow he has all the 2022s in that league too. Wow. Like his team is freaking loaded and he still and just has draft picks for days. I don't know how he does it. Uh, I'm it's his voice, dude. He's just, <laughs> He definitely, yeah. He everybody he wants to make like, a trade with J. Mike. Yeah, he pretty much in that league. I, I mean, you know, it it it's not collusion because it's not by choice. But he pretty much has exclusive rights to my roster in that <laughs> league. He's like the only one who really talks trades with me, and he's constantly just like coming to me with trade ideas. And and we just talk about life and stuff in between. But like by the time we get to the trade, I'm just like, man, whatever you whatever you want, it's all yours. <laughs> whatever you want. Like I already hit accept. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna have J Mike on before too long. I need to catch up with him anyways. Oh, but for sure. I, I wanted I am curious, like, how is how is he doing this? Where like he's he's got this team that's got Jonathan Taylor and Justin Jefferson and just like all the young studs in the world on this yeah, roster. He doesn't, he doesn't have quarterback. The car salesman 
type. Yeah, either. yeah. He's not doing anything shady or anything. He's just, but somehow he's just built this team all the way up from top to bottom and still has the majority of the draft picks in the next two classes. It's like, so yeah, I mean, that one, there's kind of no real way to, to tank it, you know, <laughs> but uh, there's no real way to, to tear it down because he's, he's got a monopoly on the draft picks, the next two classes, but they're like the, our uh, uh, goats versus pros league, 16 team super flex. Um, that one I've been able to load up on draft picks and completely strip that roster down. You traded Derrick Henry like an hour before he was out for the season. <laughs> yeah, I know. Still feel kind of bad about that one. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, and then traded Joe Mixon. Uh, yep. I'm trying to remember who else, but. Like right now, it's I. I'm basically down to DK Metcalf, Deshaun Watson. Uh, there's a few guys on on uh, on IR, um, and then just a ton of draft picks in both of the next two classes. And I'm kind of thinking, I think I, I've got two or three first round picks in 2022, and I'm kind of thinking I might trade those for 2023s. Yeah, and just kind of. Yeah, that like that's the perfect opportunity to just kind of just sit out 2022, <laughs> make it into a 15 team league for a year. Yep, that pick that league I've been I've sat on my first round pick for 2023 and probably at this point will try to through next year too unless the offer unless I really needed the piece to try to get better next year. Yeah. Yeah. So at some point we're probably going to have to talk about this and try and figure out what exactly is the strategy if if that is the way you want to go. Because, I mean, we still know that you want a congruent roster. You need quarterbacks in place going into 2023. Like, ideally, you've got quarterbacks and wide receivers already there so that in 2023 you can take advantage of the fact that 2023 is such a great running back class. You know, load up mm -hmm. on those guys, get Bijan Robinson, get Jamar Jameer Gibbs, you know. Um it, you know, get some of those guys on roster and then be able to, you know, just kind of put it all together within a year or two and have the whole thing just take off and just be unstoppable for like four or five years, you know? Yeah. So it's it's just gonna be how do we how do we leverage twenty twenty two to get there? And, because... and that's definitely part of the struggle is going into 2023 after kind of sucking in 2022 and then being good enough to yeah. have those players matter on your team still coming out of 2023 then through that season to where you don't just start wasting running backs talent on a roster that's still not that good and you want to be kind of ready to go. But in your situation, when you're stocking up on picks you don't always have to be the bad team. You can hope that other teams are bad too. And you can find other ways to make other teams bad. Um, I mean, if I, if I get a pick from you, I, I don't ever want to try to help you out in another way. I don't ever want to put points into your lineup after I have your 2023 first in 2022. I don't want to put points into your lineup. And those are some of the little things that some people don't even 
think about just like the actual chess moves when people are playing a little bit of checkers, just like, ah, no, like I kind of like that your picks getting worse. Cause then I don't have to worry about <laughs> mine so much. And everybody actually wants your pick right now. Cause we all see that your team sucks. Yeah. So when people come to me for trades, they all want your pick. And so you can make those other picks worse. I mean, you can even like look at matchups and make the team playing against the picks you have better if you want to, but that gets, that's a hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, all right. So we made it almost an hour without even talking about what we had kind of discussed off there, which is, you know, to, again, to, to kind of put things in perspective a little bit. Um, I don't think we're going to get to both positions. Uh, like I said, I mean, I think that people are, are, um, are kind of missing the fact that running backs are in for a big bounce back in 2022 as our quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's not going to be a repeated 2021 again. No. You know, that's, that's the pattern. Like, 2021 was a wide receiver season. 2022 is going to be a running back season. You know, that's, that's the most likely scenario anyways. And, you know, in the midst of all that, yeah, quarterbacks are probably going to bounce back as well. And, and we're going to feel a lot better about the quarterback situations going into 2023. Uh, So, I don't think that we're going to get to both of those positions here. So maybe, I mean, this being a quarterback centric podcast, maybe we should talk a little bit about quarterbacks um, before we wrap this up and just try and see how, see if we can uh, see if, see if we can make people feel a little bit more comfortable with the universe of quarterbacks uh, available in the startups. Yeah, we'll try. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in, I think that we can pretty safely skip over, you know, the, the top few tiers, essentially. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I, I, obviously Pat Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, uh, Justin Herbert, those guys are all safe. Mm-hmm. You know, Lamar Jackson is safe. Like, those guys are fine. Tua should be safe. Joe Burrow is safe. Trevor Lawrence is, you know, it wasn't a great rookie year. Um, but he's 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 not going anywhere. Released from Urban Meyer. Yes. Get better. Yeah. Yeah. And if even anything, Zach Wilson is probably safe for a year. Jokes really? aside, like I don't know. I think he gets a year. Yeah. I, yeah. I I mean I don't think that he should, but I think that he will. <laughs> right. <laughs> I and I still like Zach Wilson. I just think to me, I've always felt this way. The right process for an NFL team that none of them will ever do. The Jets have an opportunity here to get this right. And it is let Zach Wilson and Mike White compete for that job. And don't handicap it at all. Like forget about draft capital because the bottom line is you spent a first round pick regardless of who your starting quarterback ends up being. You know, you spent a first round pick and you got and and whatever it was to get Mike White, like whatever, I mean, pretty much nothing. So like if, if Mike White wins that job, you just say that you spent the first round pick on Mike White, you know? Yeah. And then whatever it was to get Mike White, you just say you spent that on Zach Wilson. Like, so you have to get just, both of them on your dynasty team to feel safe. 
that that's that's the tough part for us. And the good news is, I mean, like you like you said, I mean, Zach Wilson's just gonna he's gonna get this job. They're they're not gonna bail on the draft capital. They should. The right thing to do would be for them to do that and put us in a bad situation. But the reality is they won't. They'll just hand it back to Zach Wilson. But so, that's when we whatever. need to move on and give up hope in on our dynasty teams for yeah. some things that we feel like are a little bit more secure, which are tough to find. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you do so, with Jalen Hurts, who probably has the job? I know. Yeah. Which in 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 to me this is where this exercise is important because you know we we need to extrapolate it a little bit farther with guys like Jalen Hurts. Um you know, among many, many others. But let's let's even say hypothetically that the Eagles don't believe that Jalen Hurts is, you know, the type of guy that can take them to a Super Bowl. Maybe that's true, maybe it's not. I I think that he's one of the handful of guys in this league who's capable of leading a Super Bowl champion, but whatever. They can disagree with that. Um, that's their prerogative. They're wrong but they can just (laughs) (laughs) um but let's you know let's say that they feel that way and let's you know they've got three pretty early first round picks maybe they feel like matt corral is a better you know he he should be available to them uh so maybe they say yeah i think that he gives us a better chance to develop this into a long-term winning franchise and so they go draft him. I mean, now Jalen Hurts is available in a trade. He's yeah. going somewhere else. And he's going to start for somebody else. Like, you can't tell me in a world where, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is a starter, um, <laughs> Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater are yeah. starters. Jordan Love is looking like a starter. Right. Uh, Case Keenum. T- Taylor Hineke, um, you know. Uh, all these guys like that are starting NFL quarterbacks right now. You can't tell me that Jake there's from is starting this week. Oh no. Yeah. He's, he's, he's in the reps for it. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. For a team that could be looking for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, uh, uh, Washington and Houston and like all of these teams would be thrilled to have Jalen hurts as their starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. So even if Philadelphia makes the awful, awful decision to move on from Jalen Hurts, he's still going to have an opportunity somewhere, you know? So uh, like, that's the type of process that we should be using with a lot of these quarterbacks. Same with somebody like Tua. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the most likely scenario, even if they do trade for Deshaun Watson, he's probably involved in that trade. Mm Mm-hmm. And becomes a starting quarterback for Houston, you know. Yep, especially so, how he's played this year. Yeah. So, like, who are some of the guys though that, if they lose their job, they're actually, they're actually out completely. Mm-hmm. Like, like I mean, Taylor Hineke, I think is is one that you don't necessarily. The, the the most likely scenario is he's not 
a starting quarterback anywhere in 2022. Unless it's Washington, yeah. Yeah, Washington is the one place. Yep. I think if Washington doesn't give them the shot, and it's it's definitely not for sure that they're going to, I think if Washington doesn't give them the shot, teams aren't just going to be running out to sign him or trade for him or anything. He's probably back to a backup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about Jimmy G? See, yeah, that's that's one of my favorites to talk about, and that's that's where that's where I think this whole thing is really important because people don't want to admit it, but I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is starter level, even though it won't be in San Francisco. Do like I got starter it starter level? Yeah, is that I, like? I mean, because. So it's probably a little bit above Drew Locke. Uh, I'd put him quite a bit above <laughs> Drew Locke. Because <laughs> Drew don't Locke, think... you said, could be a starter in the league, just not take you to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and and I feel the same way about Jimmy Garoppolo in that sense. Yeah. But, I mean, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo in the right situation can lead you know, can can lead a team to the playoffs. I mean, he's done it with San Francisco, you know. So I like I think he can be that guy. I I got this in my head at one point and now I just can't get rid of it. You know, it's just kind of one of those things that I'm just kind of craving now. Jimmy Garoppolo in Carolina makes so much sense to me. Yeah, I could sort of see that one. Because the problem that they're running into in Carolina, they thought they had it solved with Sam Darnold, is that you you've got you've got weapons all over the place, including one of the best pass catching running backs in league history. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and then you know you and and you still have really good wide receivers there with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson who's, you know, a lot better than what people realize. Mm-hmm. And and we're going to be calling it, not we like mm-hmm. um but just kind of the royal we <laughs> is going to be calling Terrace Marshall a face plant. Yeah. And I think that it's horrible process. Yep. It's not that he's played bad. It's just that the quarterback position has been his has been awful and it's been I don't even kind of I would call it like borderline selfish. Like you don't, when, when you've got that type of system, you've got that Matt rule system, you've got that Joe Brady system and you've got, you know, those type of those weapons surrounding the quarterback. You don't need the quarterback to be the playmaker. You need the quarterback to get the ball to the playmaker. Yeah. And Carolina has not had that all year. They've not, they haven't had that in the, uh, they haven't really had that in the Matt Rule era so far. Mm-mm. So, who, who would you rather have in Denver starting at quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo? Nope. Or Gardner Minshew? Minshew. Yeah. 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 I think I think Gardner Minshew is is one of those guys that that puts a team on his back and wins a game. You know. I mean, I, I still don't think that he's the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that he would be probably better as like a bridge quarterback yeah. somewhere. Just um, so damn fun to cheer for Gardner Minshew. Seriously, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like I I kind of put Gardner Minshew and and Jared Goff in the same the same basic uh the same bucket essentially. Like those are those are winners. Those are good NFL quarterbacks who are capable of winning it it you know in in mm-hmm. at any point in the season they can go get you a win. But you know the it and you know it, they they still just don't really neither of them feels like like a long term option that just kind of just solves your problem for the next you know however long yeah you know but I mean kind of even like you did with Zach Wilson and Mike White where you took the draft capital away like is is Gardner really a worse option than somebody like Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I don't Once think you so. Take that draft capital and star power that Baker Mayfield carries away, you know, like yeah, which is wearing off. Yeah. At, at least it should be. Cleveland is one of the teams. That's that's what's funny about this. Here's Philadelphia worrying about you know is is Jalen Hurts the type of guy that we can build around, and you know. And, and like in earnest asking that question and then Cleveland for whatever reason feels like they've got their guy. And it's like, man, give me Jalen hurts over Baker Mayfield. And I'm not talking fantasy right now. I'm talking like build your NFL franchise around this guy. Jalen hurts is a winner. Baker Mayfield is not. And I, that's, and I'm more with you on that. Whereas you said earlier in the show, like, is Baker Mayfield really as secure to Cleveland as everybody wants to perceive that to be? Yeah. Cause I think they're starting to see as a team management that they could do better. Yeah, they, they should, they've built, it's the same thing as Denver, but you know, the, the, the quarterback is a little bit more, like you said, there's more draft capital. Obviously there's more, a little bit more star power to it. But they've built that roster to be a championship quality type of roster, but it's being held back by the quarterback. Yeah. I don't know at what point they're going to come to that realization, but you know, it, I think that it's coming at some point. I to me, I think that you have to kind of approach Baker Mayfield the same way that you approach, you know, Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, guys like that, where it's like this could be a one-year proposition. If I'm mm-hmm. drafting him, you know, I should get a full year of him as a starter, but I don't think I can trust him beyond that, you know, to be a usable guy for me. I think that, you know, it, it, because at this point, we know what he is, you know. There isn't going to be some breakthrough, some revelation right. for Baker Mayfield. Like he's had every opportunity to, to, to do that. It's just not going to happen, you know? So at some point they, like, they have to say, all right, we've, we've tried to build this roster into one that Baker Mayfield can win with, and it's still not happening. So we have to say the problem is no longer with the rest of the roster. The problem is with Baker Mayfield. Yeah. That's coming. You know? Another one I know you've been talking about for, well, say a couple seasons, but is if Derek Carr can't win, what's going to happen with him? Yeah. 
yeah, they they should they should they should be there at that point too, especially considering they have a guy on roster who does some things some things better than Derek Carr. Like even if you don't feel that Marcus Mariota is a better overall quarterback than Derek Carr, he still he brings something different and he does some things better than Derek Carr. You know. So yeah. it, it primarily the mobility, but like regardless, like it, there's there there should be some questions in their mind there too. I don't know yeah. if it's if they're there yet, but and especially, I mean, they're going to bring in a new coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You know, they're probably going to tr- try and rebuild that wide receiver group. They've been, they keep trying to do that, keep getting it wrong. And, and it's not that they were, I mean, they were wrong with Henry Ruggs, <laughs> not because of the, not because he's a, he's an asshole and a criminal, but like just he was, he was the wrong draft pick to make at the time. They just got confirmation. They got actually kind of lucky here because they got they got confirmation that he was a bad pick early on. You know, in year two, mm-hmm. they get to say, "All right, that was that was a mistake. Now we need to try again to find that alpha wide receiver." You know, mm-hmm. so I I think that probably the safe thing for them to do is to stick with Derek Carr but they shouldn't they should they they should actually they should question this they should take a look at at Marcus Mariota they should let the two compete hell maybe even just get rid of both of them and bring in somebody else like why are Jameis Winston there I I'd be I'd be fine with that yeah because what are the Saints gonna do right yeah, it's another one. I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, man, we talked about this last year about some of the moving parts at quarterback, but this year, like, it still hasn't settled. Yeah, yeah, I know, and and that's another good one because I keep seeing Jameis Winston going really late in these mock drafts too, and I think that it's because people are are looking at it and saying, you know, maybe it's Jameis Winston, maybe it's Taysom Hill. We know Sean Payton really likes Taysom Hill. So, you know, what if he gives the job to Hill? And, you know, so I'm not, and then they just kind of, but they, they stop there, you know, like the reasoning just kind of just ends there with Taysom Hill being at least a threat to, to remain the starter for the saints. Yeah. Jameis Winston's a better quarterback. He's an annoying dipshit to me, but like I, he's a he's a far better quarterback than Taysom Hill. Um, and it, but like even if they were going to make that move, does that mean that Jameis Winston is just a backup now? Like, I don't think so. You know, he could be. It's possible. I just. Uh, I, I, I just doubt it. Um, they even got picks wrong back in 2015, John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm trying to think of some of the other guys that, that I, I like, okay. So, so, you know, Russell Wilson gets traded out of Seattle. He's, he's going to be gone. Yeah. Yeah. 
And and I think we should probably do the same thing with Aaron Rodgers too. Yeah. Like, and, and then, you know, and then Ben Roethlisberger is going to retire. So there's three jobs right there that we know are going to be open. They're, we know that's going to be available to some people. So, you know, that's, that's kind of something to keep in mind, I think, is the fact that, you know, even if everybody else just kind of decides to, to stick with the status quo, you still have three jobs that need to be filled. And I don't think you've got three rookie quarterbacks coming in who just command that right that role right away. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Like at the very least, you're gonna have some some bridge guys, right? Mm-hmm. So I you know, from there you kind of think about who are who are some of those guys who could potentially do that. And to me, Jameis Winston, if he's not gonna be the starter in New Orleans. You know, I, I like you bring him to Seattle. Mm-hmm. You know, or or Pittsburgh. Yeah. If if uh, you know, it, like if you don't feel like Jordan Love is is gonna be somebody that you're gonna trust to be your starter in Green Bay once mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is gone. I don't think they will. Yeah, they shouldn't. <laughs> once they have more of an opportunity to know they're moving on from Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't think they're going to go that direction with Jordan Love. Yeah. Yeah. You'd hope not. Yeah, seriously. I know. And, you know, they're, they're, I, I, again, I think Gardner Minshew can be a, a bridge type of guy. I think Sam Darnold could still get passed around a little bit. Even I wonder if he about Darnold, too. Yeah. Like even if he doesn't stay in Carolina, mm-hmm. um, again Jared Goff should probably still be the starter in Detroit. I think he's a great one to to kind of build around for the moment. And and, then and Carson he'd be, Wentz next couple of years too. You got to wonder what they do there. He's probably got yeah. a job for at least another year, but yeah, yeah. But you know if if Detroit, for instance, did decide to move on from Jared Goff. Um which, you know, there's there there would actually be some value in that. There would actually be some some logic behind that. Like if you've got an opportunity to draft the top quarterback um you know in this in this rookie class, let's call it Matt Corral. You have an an opportunity to draft him. You know, you could bridge to him with Jared Goff. You could just as easily just turn it over to him right away and see what you've got and start to build it up around him. You know, that's, I, I think that that's fairly reasonable when you're talking about a rookie quarterback, you need to find out what you've got as soon as you can. So like that would make some sense. But if they did that to me, Jared Goff would make a lot of sense in green Bay. You know, he could be the bridge there. Uh, Again, Sam Darnold could be that type of guy. Matt Ryan, I think, could settle into that type of of role. Taylor Hineke could settle into that type of role. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, like you start looking around, and there's these guys that were like, yeah, they're probably not going to keep their job, their current job, you know, beyond twenty twenty one job or a bridge. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the most likely scenario is a lot of these guys are still going to have a job. It's just not going to be the job that they currently have. Yeah. Look how long Ryan Fitzpatrick floated around. Yeah. Guys like that, you know, 
played for almost every team. Case Keenum. Yep. Yeah, yeah, he's still out there. I still think Teddy Bridgewater is a is a decent like bridge type of quarterback. I think I mean he didn't make a whole lot of sense on Denver. He didn't make a whole lot of sense on Carolina. Like there's got to be a plan beyond him. Yeah. But, you know, if you've got that, like to me I you know, not to not to yuck your yum too much here, but like for Detroit, you know, like if if you did draft Matt Corral, Maybe I, you know, somebody like Teddy Bridgewater probably makes a little bit more sense as a bridge quarterback because he's going to be easier to take off the field when once Matt Corral is ready. Yeah. Easier than Jared Goff, you know? So now you get Goff to Denver. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're getting better. I think that, I think Goff would be. Yeah, I think Goff I think would Goff be reasonable. Would help our fantasy weapons. I don't know if Denver's yeah. instantly a better team, but they might be more fun to watch from a fantasy perspective. I know that that's not everything God, you're they... looking for as a Denver fan. <laughs> they but... couldn't be worse. That's no. <laughs> yeah, they would. They would be better. And I think that he. I think he gets them to the playoffs. I think that he, you know, he he justifies all the money and all the resources that you're spending on the rest of the roster. So I like, I still don't see I mean, him as one of those dude, guys. I can't think of too many teams outside of like the bucks that look better on paper, short of your quarterback, like with your wide receiver room and then your tight ends and then your running backs, like offensively, yeah. obviously I know there's a lot more to it, but man, yeah, that team needs a quarterback. Yeah, when the defense has been one of the best in the league, mm -hmm. again, you know, like, and it, they spend a lot of money on that. They spend a lot of resources on that, and not like not just Pat Sertan either. You know, not just passing on Justin Fields and Mac Jones to get Pat Sertan. Um, you know, with that with that top pick, it was like it's even even beyond that they put a lot into that defense and they built that defense up into one of the best in the league and it's just like it, it's it's a defense that managed to hold Pat Mahomes to 184 yards and one touchdown uh, a couple weeks ago it's a defense that held Joe Burrow in that Bengals yeah. offense to uh 16 points but you don't have the quarterback to capitalize on it. Right. So, but I, Jared Goff could be that guy. Um, I still think that, you know, to, to really maximize, uh, to really, you know, kind of hedge your investment here, uh, the guys that make sense, it's Russell Wilson, it's Aaron Rodgers, yeah. or it's, you know, shoot, try and shoot the moon in the draft. Yeah. But, um, I, probably, I like you said, Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers probably make the most sense for a team like that. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I think Jared Goff would be fine. It would just show that they're not there. They still don't get it. You know, right. that there's no point in spending that much money on the rest of your roster. If you're not going to go all in at quarterback, you know? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, he, I, I think he would be fine. Um, Gardner Minshew would be fine. So, 
but yeah, like, I guess the point being like there, there are a lot of guys who are getting kind of overlooked in mock drafts right now who are, who are going to have jobs, you know? And I think that we need to just take that step beyond saying, you know, he's not going to be the starting court. Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be the starting quarterback in San Francisco next year. There's, there's more to the story after that. It's not just, you know, it's not just an abrupt ending to the story right there. Is Jimmy yeah. Gra- like, okay, so Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be the starter in San Francisco. Does that mean he's not worth rostering in dynasty? And I just, my personal opinion is the answer is no. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think that you still, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is still, uh, still a very viable pick in your startups. And I, it, like I, I, I said, I think last week, Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that I'm, I'm going to push pretty hard this off season. Uh, Matt Ryan is a guy that I'm going to push pretty hard. People know that he's probably out of Atlanta and, I think that they're going to bail too easily on him too, you know? Um, Cause I think he's going to, like I said, I think he's going to settle into kind of a bridge type of role. I think you're going to be able to get him super cheap and get a starting quarterback for 2022. Yeah. Probably could. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we went way over time. Um, and like I said, I mean, we didn't even get to running backs. Like that's a whole other story uh, that I think is a pretty important one. Yeah, but but some of the same issues. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's it's just kind of hard to conceptualize who are those guys going to be, you know? When we just we because we didn't see it in twenty twenty two and or in twenty twenty one, and now we know uh, going into twenty twenty two, the guys who have really kind of hit the cliff. You know, Kamara and Cook and uh, Elliot. You know, so like now you have to really kind of it like it just it just shrinks the possibilities that much more. So, yeah, it's it it's going to be a an interesting one to uh, to kind of unpack. Um, and I mean, I think there's still plenty to talk about at the quarterback position too. But we covered a lot of ground. Yeah. And uh, it's just always fun to to get to catch up with you, my man. Yeah, dude, I agree. I'm gonna. I, I feel like we're getting out of here, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna steal it from you. Do it. And uh, I mean, full disclosure, dude. I was ignorant to the fact that you were having me on episode 200. First <laughs> of all, dude, I super appreciate that. It it means the world to me because, dude, 200 is no easy feat, and you should be extremely proud of yourself for continuing to keep this ship rolling it's been like pure joy to watch you attempt to perfect your your art and your craft and to continue to get better at that and i i i say to watch you try to perfect it because i truly believe this is a a journey a learning journey that we've all been on and you continue to get better and i don't want you to ever be perfect because I think there's so much more to it than that, but it's been a true joy to watch you. I know that 
you've made James roll over in his grave a few times, but I know that he's watching you and he's <laughs> proud of what you're continuing to do with this show. Everything that you've done for me, like the inspiration that you are to the Superflex world and even just fantasy football in itself and Dynasty, you should be proud and and just continue to do what you do, man, because um, it's just a joy to be in your life. I know that you're somebody that if I'm having a bad day, like I, I know that you care and that if you have the time of day for me, you're going to give it to me whether it's good stuff or bad stuff and that I feel like you generally give that ear. And I know I'm not the only one that you do that for. Um, but dude, 200, that's a hell of a commitment. Like, I, I mean, even everything you, you've done, dude, like, thank you for going to the super flex super show the, so that I could have super flexible <laughs> and, and, and truly like not even because of episode 200 or me being here, like, it's an honor to have that show just because of the people that have been through it, you know, and we mentioned James, Travis, Addison Hayes, the people I started doing that show with, um, Steve Holopka Two drink, like everybody's had that. And for whatever reason, it's in my hands and I don't feel like I've quite done enough with it. And I want to try to do more just for the people that I know, um, are still out there cheering us on. And, uh, but awesome, John, 200, like, honestly, that's no easy feat. And I know that the last couple of years haven't been easy for anybody, yourself included, but pat yourself on the fricking back, dude. I know that's not your thing, but <laughs> hell yeah, dude, 200 more, man. I, I, I'm just, I'm floored by that, man. I, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm speechless. That you just you have no idea what that means. Um, I it, and honestly, I just don't feel like uh, my normal show wrap up here would uh, would do that justice. So, <laughs> but we're gonna use that as the punctuation and uh, wrap this one up. But he's at Swagzilla Zero G, Rookie Fever, Super Flexible uh fantasy breakdown sometimes super flex city sometimes we'll probably do more of that <laughs> need to do some more <laughs> yeah that's what that's where we like to catch up over on super flex city but um man i uh i i i appreciate you coming on i appreciate you spending the time um especially on short notice but i mean just that that tribute was just uh just so far beyond it wasn't anything. even prepared it was just just off the cuff you're you're the man dude you're you're you're, you're the man dude you <laughs> take it and you you have that i appreciate it all right <laughs> all right yeah uh super flex super show that's right stay sexy and super flexy yeah.